This show is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. Head over to the Den Dot Show for other great podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Deluxe Edition. However, today Casey can't join us. Casey can't join us, Paul. He can't. This is the first time I've done a show without Casey. He's already done one without me, so I'm going to do one without him. And he can't join us because it's summer and vacations and work schedules and, and all all sorts of shit. He, he's such a good guy. He's out there pre-chewing food for the elderly. He's just that fucking good. And, and I said, I want you to do that. I'll do a show. I'll do a show without you. Because I remember there's a topic that Casey knows nothing about, hair metal. And I know a guy who we've talked about on the show Mr. Paul Salfin is joining me today. We've talked in the past about you, Paul, because we have gone on some zany adventures, and it was usually around those hair metal years. We're like, you and me became hair metal experts just because we hung out in those scenes. That's right. I don't know if that's something to be proud of or ashamed of, but I've got so much of my, you know, my storage space in my head devoted to this, and I can't, I can't do anything about it. I can't get rid of it. So I, I might as well. We might as well talk about it. Might as well make it useful somehow. It's crazy. Like I'll just sit there one day and be like, I wonder whatever happened to Shark Island. Like how much real estate in my brain does Shark Island take up now? Because I could totally use that real estate on something else. You know, it's worse for me because I think the same thing. And then I'd go down the rabbit hole and I go, oh, look, Shark Island. Hey, look, the singer's still around. Hey, well, I should do an interview with him. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. next thing I know, I'm talking to the singer of Shark Island for an hour, you know? And so, <laughs> you know, so it's, so it's, it's one step further down the rabbit hole. And, uh, and actually it's been pretty interesting, like really just talking to all these guys that, you know, were the soundtracks to our, our teen years. I know, dude. Uh, it's like, all right, so I'm going to let you introduce yourself in a minute because I was thinking, how do I introduce Paul? There's so many things I could say about him, but I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce you, yourself the way that you want it. But it's like uh, just these guys, we grew up in, in such awe of them, and you have met most of them. I've met some of the hair metal guys, but like when you meet them, and, and you've met the biggest people in the world. I can't imagine, but I, I was with you when we met like Billy Joel and Howard yeah. Stern, but I walked next to a hair metal guy. And I'm, hoo, 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 I get all nervous. <laughs> I met Kip Winger and I was holding a plastic cup and I was trembling. And I cracked the cup because I was trembling so much. I, I don't know. They're, they're not just regular people to me. They're like huge deals to me. Yeah. I mean, you're totally right about it because the thing is, is like we, during those like impressionable years, you know, we spent so much time and so much impressionable space you know in our heads for this and so it might be a little bit unreasonable but you know some of these guys i've actually become friendly with and you know i have their numbers in my phone you know and like sometimes we text each other and sometimes they'll be like hey paul can i put you on the guest list or hey are you going to come hang out with us or what you know hey don't leave without saying hi you know and it's just like wow my like 13 14 15 year old self would just be like so excited right now. And, um, and and so it is really cool. But I do look at them a little bit different than the celebrities because, you know, uh, you know, it is really cool to talk to the Hugh Jackmans of the world and the Ryan Reynolds and the, the Rock and people like that. But but man, when when Tracy Guns texts you and it's like, like, hey, bro, you know, <laughs> like it's it's really cool, you know, because I tried for hours to play even half of, of one of his solos and I just can't do it. I'm just uh just a uh, Neanderthal in that way. Yeah. You know, it, it, it I am going to get to your intro. I didn't oh, yeah. forget, but it's like that hair metal <laughs> moment was brief, yes. but it was powerful. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> those guys, those people left an impression. We're, we're going to talk a little more about it. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, why don't you tell the audience a little about you? Yes. So, uh, my name is Paul Salfin, and I produce and co-host uh, a show with Drew Pearson, which uh, may not mean a whole lot in Philadelphia because <laughs> he's uh, one of our Dallas Cowboys greats. However, aside from all that, he went into the Hall of Fame last year, so we're super proud of him. And after working with him for about 10 years and doing a show on Fox Sports and and um, ABC with him, it's really cool to see him get his due and see all these great people uh, who, who, you know, people that are celebrities, that are fans of him, that, that want to be on the show because they want to they wanna talk to him. And so that's kind of a cool thing. And then, you know, have some of them say, oh, I've been watching the show or I've been, you know, seeing what you do. And, you know, that's really cool. Um, and I also write and edit for AMFM Magazine out of Austin. And what else? Uh, gosh, uh, part of the Critics' Choice Awards. And so we uh, we probably have what was, was known as like the third kind of uh, number three award show. There's the Oscars and then the Golden Globes and us. And now the Golden Globes are, I don't know what's going to happen with them. We've kind of moved up and we've gone international and on cable and regular TV. So um, that's pretty exciting. And then I just do TV and radio stuff for everything from here in Dallas to Dubai to, you know, basically I'm a talking monkey. So, you know, they, they, uh, they put the mic in front of me or they make me an offer and then I just go, Oh yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) well you know what's cool so you're out in dallas and and like i need any excuse to get down to dallas because please do you're you're the kind of person that like we hate people like us us plebs because we're going through our instagram and there you are at the grabbies and it's like what the fuck paul like you know i'm i'm home cleaning the toilet so you do got a pretty awesome life but whenever i can come visit you i do because dallas is like to me it's like a mini hollywood there is so much going on and so much celebrities, you know, doing things all around. We went not too long ago. I remember you got us into that Willie Nelson concert. That was like yeah. one of the most amazing days, you know, because that continued into some other things and other things and meeting other people. Mm-hmm. I was like, when you hang out with Paul, interesting shit just snowballs. It has yeah. always been like that with you. When we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. How old were we? Like 14? And we all found each other in high school. It was you, me. Mm-hmm. I know Steve was around. Steve yeah. met another friend. And we all kind of found each other on this hair metal stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because did you think as well that our high school, there weren't many people in the hair metal, even though it was as big as it was. We were kind of the only ones. We were that little nerdy table at lunch. Yeah, we really were. And I I think that, you know, the thing is now, like you see kids, I mean, maybe even your own kids, uh, you know, they know so much. They have so much information in front of them. If you'd imagine what our lives would have been like going down that those rabbit holes and being like, you know, we, we knew almost and maybe that's part of the reason why some of it is so special to us, because we didn't know too much. You know, we're just like, wow, look at this. Look at this album. And we'd listen to it. And we just didn't know any. And we'd look at the names on the back. And that's about all we had until we went to go see them. And so, um, you know, just just having that little community of people, it's just kind of like this is like our thing. It it didn't really matter. It probably probably was better that it was our own little thing rather than, you know, having everybody in the school be like, oh, what's up? You go and see Dangerous Toys? <laughs> Might not have been as special. I don't know. <laughs> but I remember like we were going out at 15, 16, going to places because oh, a lot of these were all ages clubs. And we're, yeah. I remember like we went to see Widowmaker, which was Dee Snyder's yeah. other band. And I, I don't think we were 18. And we're hanging out at some of these places with all these, you know, 
rocking kids who are older and even older 21 year olds. It was like, who lets people, kids loose to hang out like this? But our parents did. It was a different time. Your dad used to drive us to New York just so we could like walk around and get used to your dad letting me do that has like absolutely changed my life. But it, it, it's oh, yeah. luck like that, you know, knowing you and your father that like really led me into a lot of cool shit because you do everything about music and everything about especially hair metal at the time. So I was like a student of yours. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that we, we also got very lucky being in, you know, in, in a strange part of Pennsylvania, you know, outside of Philadelphia. Even, and we, we had the dumb luck of having two clubs that would let us in. You know, like I can't think of any place now that this would would really work, you know, but but there's a club called Bonnie's Rocks in Atco, New Jersey, which is now I think a Home Depot, sadly. But, uh, you know, it was it was this this really bizarre thing where where the 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 people that were over 21 were in this cage. I'm trying to set this up so people understand, like it was a club just like you would see, except for the bar had a fence over it like like you couldn't even like really see what was going on in there they're like caged animals yeah and dude, so, it looked like the motley yeah. crew videos like it yeah, looked, yeah. It was, caged animals is exactly right <laughs> and it was it was almost like mysterious like what goes on in there what happens mm-hmm. like in there and you know we were in this all all ages spot and it was seriously all ages like we were like 15 years old and like wow in in a bar you know and it was loud as could be People could still smoke in there. Gosh, now I sound like I'm 90 years old. Uh, but you know, they, you know, and the and the inside the bathroom, you know, the a uh, bunch of people that had peed there and signed the wall, like Ace <laughs> Freely and Vivian Campbell, and you know, all this stuff. And it was just like, wow, we're we're. In, and then there's that little tiny dressing room that we were lucky enough to sometimes like squeeze into. And it was just like such a cool thing. And the cell block was kind of the same thing. They had a the you know they're over 21 was on an island and the all ages was just open and you know i found myself i guess that's part of how i did i i roadied for a couple of, of bands uh like christine and you know i would just carry guitars you know and so i think once you're in there people were like it was the dark ages so people people didn't text each other and be like hey who's this kid running around they're just like eh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's so much we got away with because it was the dark ages. You know, we would show up and, you know, go meet people and there's no one for them to look around and ask. They're just like, oh, hey, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk back places. And and it and it was really bold. But but we did it and uh, it really shaped our lives. It's true. Yeah. I, I feel like I was able to go off to school and be more independent because we did some pretty independent things. I mean, yeah. we now in hindsight, we were good kids. Like we didn't mm-hmm. do bad shit, but yeah. we were hanging out in an environment where it, we could easily turn to the guy on our left and be like, yo, man, can I have that beer? Like you would be like, here you go, kid. Like, but we never did any of that. We were, we were really good. One of the bands that we got into was, was Heaven's Edge. So yes. Heaven's, yeah, Heaven's Edge. We, we're, we're bonded forever on this band. So Heaven's Edge. I think their album came out in 90 because hair metal really was what? It was like 1988 to like 1991 was the end of it. There yeah. wasn't too much. That was that was the sweet spot. And Heaven's yeah. Edge, I remember, came out a little bit towards the end. So I feel like it was around 91. But mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, one of those bands with really fast guitar. And Paul and I always loved the really fast guitar players. We were learning guitar. And, and that was always, you know, inspirational to us. 
there was Ibanez guitars, right? Mm-hmm. They they used to put out this catalog. It was like anybody who's endorsed by Ibanez, that was like the rock god. That's the guy you looked up to. Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, John Petrucci, I remember, was in there. A couple, bunch of others. And then there was Reggie Wu. Reggie yeah. Wu from Heaven's Edge. Local Philadelphia band, Heaven's Edge. And at some point, I remember, we're all looking to learn guitar. And, you know, Heaven's Edge had its kind of up, had a, had a hit on uh, Headbangers Ball, right? Mm-hmm. Which meant everything back then. And then that was it. It just, it didn't go any further. But then you saw an ad, uh, guitar lessons taught by Reggie Wu in like uh, Clementon, New Jersey, which was an hour and a half on a good traffic day from us, usually three and a half hours. And we would go every Saturday morning and get lessons. Who is that damn dedicated to an instrument to go all the way to that guy? We did it. You know, we, we did. And, and, you know, part of it actually, I think that also helped. And Reggie was such and is such a special guy and uh, was so encouraging of us. And, and uh, it was, there was just something so cool. <clears throat> even if no one else in the school knew, knew it or, or thought about it, there's something so cool to us to have a guy that, that other people look up to, you know, that had a record deal that was on MTV and he was our guitar teacher and then our yeah. friend. You know, and just someone that that really like cared about us, and it it kind of fleshed things out. You know, because you know these guys were always sort of these uh, untouchable or unattainable stars, and you know we found a way to beat them. But but actually getting to know somebody like that, and uh, and just realizing, well, yeah, there's they're they're just people, but they are special people. You know, they do have a special skill and that's why you're interested in them. It kind of like, I don't know, something clicked, something made sense. And, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, any of these guys could be, could be just Reggie. They could be your friend. They could be someone that helps you, someone that teaches you something. And uh, I think that's stayed with me my, my whole career. Yeah. Yeah. And Reg, I mean, Reggie's a really special person too. If you ever yeah. meet him or see him interviewed or see him playing, cause, I love right now, 80s bands are kind of getting that that resurgence. And, and it's mm-hmm. like people are digging this stuff. I don't know if you saw the Peacemaker show. Like, I love all the hair metal that was in yeah. there. And there's some really obscure stuff in that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's great for those bands, too, because a lot of them didn't get their due. And I always wonder, like, what it would have been like, you know, had Spotify been around or, or Apple Music or any or even social media, just where people would share the stuff. I wonder how many people would have loved Bands like Heaven's Edge or Dangerous Toys or things like that that just it just totally escaped them, it totally passed them by, only because you know it was the Dark Ages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think about how much that all you, you talked about how it shaped us. I mentioned earlier how it shaped us, but even like Reggie's inspiration. I mean, he's very father figure like, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I gotta tell the story. Uh, don't let me forget the, the story about the uh, the morning announcement. Oh, yes. no, you know what? I got to go right to this story. This is my favorite. <laughs> Talk about it. This, this is the most innocent story in the world. So we go to um, a concert. I, mean, I don't even think I was there. You know what? I wasn't there. You and Joe and maybe some others went to a, to a Heaven's Edge concert. All right. We're so mm-hmm. naive, right? We don't understand that at the end of the night, these guys are hammered, right? And we have no idea that they're hitting on all the pretty women in the, in the audience. Yeah. But 
uh, you know, bringing them backstage and all this stuff. But Paul, you guys figured out somehow if we can get a media pass and get in and we'll air this for the morning announcements for the morning announcements of a high school, right? So 16, 17 and 18 year olds. And all of a sudden we're all just kind of watching the morning announcements. And Paul, you worked in the AV club and this, this, uh, Hey, hey, this is Paul, and I want to show you something really cool. We went backstage with a major act from Columbia Records, or like whatever. I can't remember what they were, but maybe that was right. Maybe it wasn't. But and all of a sudden, I'm like, is this going to be a segment on Heaven's Edge? And all of a sudden, <laughs> it is. It is drunken Mark Evans, drunken this guy. Dr- I can't remember. There's a drunk. Like, oh yeah, man, it's the best being a rock star. And like, I remember looking up at this homeroom teacher who like never paid any attention and looked up what. What the <laughs> hell is this? Still, the rest of the class didn't look up because they never would, you know. But I remember being so happy to see it. <laughs> like, I know you didn't realize how drunk they were because I didn't really either until I started to think about it a little more. I'm like, they were acting a little weirder than usual. <laughs> we're I, 16. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's the funny thing, too, is that, um, you know, all of that was because of a misunderstood assignment. Like, that should have never happened. You know, the teacher, Mr. Chen, you know, just this gruff little guy would always be like, he's like, uh, I don't even know why they had me on camera. You know, I had like a mullet, you know, and a, and a you know, rock t-shirts and ripped jeans. Like, why would you put something like that on camera unless you're making fun of them? And so, you know, they put me on the weather, you know, and, you know, of course, being the dark ages, they had like the poster board and, you know, they would write the weather. And so, and, you know, my vision, you know, in the morning, <laughs> It was not so good. And so I'd be squinting and I'd be like, today it's uh, 70 and, cla-, you know, and, and I think people are like, is he high? And I wasn't, you know, it was just, you know, I was just like a bad choice for a weather guy, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't have anybody else or maybe I wasn't good behind the camera. I don't know. Dude, so, it was anyway, the AV club. They didn't have anybody else. <laughs> they were yeah. lucky to have you. So they let you do whatever you wanted. Thank goodness. And so, <laughs> And so he goes, wow. And, you know, we had to do these other segments because, you know, it wasn't just news, sports and all that stuff. Uh, we had to do um, we had to do special segments. And so uh, he uh, he's like, well, you like music. Uh, go talk to some bands. And he just literally just waved me off. And I was like, OK. So me and our friend Joe, Joe Lucas, he got the big clunky camera. He would hold the camera. I had the mic. And we would go like to the backstage door of like the Trocadero downtown Philadelphia or, you know, any of the uh, Chestnut Cabaret, like all these like places and just knock on the backstage door, knock on the bus door, knock on the van door, knock, you know, or just stand there and wait for them to come out and be like, uh, well, hey, uh, our show sucks, but will you be on it? And every <laughs> last one of these guys was like, hmm, sure, kid. You know, and there is no good reason that they should have, you know, as you said, they were drinking, they're just trying to hang out and, you know, but they didn't, you know, they just saw, they just saw a light and a camera and the guy with the mic and they're like, yeah, all right, you know, yeah, and then amazing. some of them were so cool to be able to take us backstage, you know, and on stage and, and, you know, like in, you know, wherever they were. And that was just the coolest thing to me. And I just thought, I, always want to do this but <laughs> we brought the footage back and the teacher just smacked his head mr chetty goes i meant bands in the school you know? <laughs> and i was like oh no and <laughs> he wanted us to go talk to some crappy like band you know like a, like go to their band practice or i don't know i don't know what he wanted wow. but 
you know, so of course we had this stuff, so we aired it. And he goes, oh, I don't know how you did it, but no, good job. Yeah, it's still pretty dismissive. But I just thought, oh, I, I want to talk to all the bands. And, you know, keep in mind, this is also the dark ages. So we didn't know how to, you know, we're in, we're in Warminster, Pennsylvania. <laughs> there's, and there's no clear path as to how to get a hold of these people. Sometimes inside the records or CDs or cassettes, goodness, um, <laughs> yeah. they they had like an address where you could write to people, you know? Uh, and it was usually like a P.O. box in L.A. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there, there was just no, I just had no idea. How do you get a hold of these people? And But, you know, we did, or sometimes we just tried to. And it just sort of set off something in me that was like, man, I like, I want to just, yeah, I want to hear the stories. I want to hear how these guys, how, how they tick, what makes them work, what makes them want to get up in the morning and do this. And and I want to just hear how cool it is to be who they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you stayed with the Hollywood scene and all that and the music scene and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, I'm getting back into it a little with this show, but it was like, man, sometimes I wonder, maybe I made the wrong turn. I should have followed Paul to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i mean you know the thing is like it, it's a whole lot of fun i've had a great time doing it and i've stumbled into some amazing situations some crazy parties some crazy award shows and you know things that i've traveled with with bands that i grew up listening to and and um you know been able to take planes with people <laughs> just like you know I, I remember being in south america on a plane with gene simmons going but, you know, my little kid self would just be like, just so excited and just dancing right now. And, you know, just no, no, uh, let me pause you there. You, you this yeah. segue is just too good not to pause you, because I was going to yeah. say, let's try to do a speed round of the craziest oh, yeah. memories that we have. And you, then you just named oh, one. OK, I, this is going to be hard for me because I've got a terrible memory, but like 140 Ooh. characters. No, no more. I remember okay. here's one. The, the one that, that right. I came to mind. We you and I bumped into Lita Ford somewhere. We were with Lita Ford, and you knew that her husband was an MMA fighter, and you said, oh, how is, and mentioned his name, and she started crying. You ah, made her cry, okay. and we felt so bad because now she's in full tears in front of so many people. You remember that? Yeah, I do. That was at Chiller Theater, and um, I, had, uh, I had asked if I could interview her, and uh, she was very tough to try and uh, – to, to get a hold of or to try and interview back in the day. And she was, you know, I think maybe known to be like a little bit of a diva or something, you know, cause um, I remember Joe and I were uh, at her show and we were hoping to interview her. And there's a couple other bands on the bill, one of them being tough, you know, which that guy went on to make the metal sludge, you know, site. And, uh, and, you know, Joe, had, while we were recording, Joe heard her yelling in the other room about who are all the people backstage and, you know, I don't know. Oh, really? So, yeah. so it's just one of those things, but you know, she was so nice and yeah, she yeah, started it was telling such a us, human moment. Yeah. Yeah. And she started and she was laughing. I got a great picture of her laughing with her head on my shoulder. And, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's so many great moments, but yeah, uh, something, uh, she started talking about her kids and I guess she had just gone through a, you know, divorce or separation or something and just started crying. And I was like, yeah. Oh no. And all my years, yeah. I, I still didn't yeah. know like what to do. Cause that's only happened a few times. And it's usually, you you've know, made other do... celebrities cry. We're going to have a no. whole show about who you made cry. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's the thing. Every once in a while you just start talking about something 
you know, that brings up a memory or gets them emotional, but it's never, never my intention to, I usually like to keep it light and fun and kind of just figure out who they are and what makes them tick. I'm, I'm not like TMZ. I don't ask the bad questions and I don't, I don't try and like get a rise out of them, but sometimes, you know, like, um, you know, there's a a guy that you took to the airport one time that blew me away. I don't know if you, (laughs) do you know who it was? Jake Lee. Jake Lee. And to this day, any single time I hear that Ozzy album, which I love, Mm-hmm. I think about you alone with him in the airport, just driving to the airport. Like yeah. weird things like this happen to you. That's why I'm trying to get a lightning round going because yeah. you got a million well, of them. Yeah, that's one that wouldn't. I don't know that that that. I mean, of course, I remember that, but that that's one that maybe wouldn't come to mind. Just there's been so many, but yeah, I was uh, at the cell block, and um, I think our friend's band was opening uh, for them, and so he was there, and I was like, "Wow, it's Jake Lee," and. You know, he's running around trying to figure out how to how to get his girlfriend from the airport. And again, dark ages. So there's no Uber. (laughs) There's no, you know, Internet to figure this out. And I was like, "Uh, well, I'll take you. And he's like, oh, you would, you know. And so we got to ride the whole way there. And he's super, super quiet, kind of a shy guy. Uh, But then if you get him talking like he's he's great. And then I remember we picked up his girlfriend and they just made out in the back seat the whole time. And I'm just driving. I'm like, all right. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, he made sure I got on the list and, you know, whatever you need, you know. So that was uh, that was just a cool moment for me. In fact, I, I interviewed him probably, let's see, uh, three years ago. And he was he was so different, you know, and he was wearing pajama pants. He just did not care. you know. <laughs> and uh, and just the stuff he was saying was so wild. And I was just like, wow. It's and I almost brought up the van story. And I was like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> oh, man. I, we've been in we've been in an elevator. With, I'm, I don't care about telling this tale. I hope you don't mind. We've been in the elevator with that guy from Everclear. He was such an asshole to us. Remember that? Now, there was a celebrity yeah. that I tried to get into a fight with because I was drinking too much. Like, I, I <laughs> one day we're just going to have to remind ourselves yeah. of all these stories. Speed around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I, it's so funny. I, I, I have a great, uh, I've always had this in my life. I kind of purge all the bad stuff. You know, you have to probably dig it out of me. Like, like what's something terrible? Or what's, I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't know. Like, like if someone's a jerk to me, I just kind of like, I'm back of the mind, you know, because I've had so many good things. So I just, I don't really focus on the bad stuff. I generally tend to forget it, you know. Those are the things I remember. I remember I was getting hit by Eddie Haley's <laughs> driver when he came running, driving around. We were on the curb. I remember these things. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it's it's been fun, though. I've had some really, like, crazy, amazing, fun experiences and and yeah i mean we'd do a speed round if you want let's see what we do no, it's getting too late and i'm, I'm a big <laughs> okay, right, about the show being an hour casey's like oh, uh, we're an hour i'm like i'm done after an hour i can't yeah, talk well we still got to get to it, the main segment All it's right. not just us because you know the people people are watching this too so you know they you have to make sure that they're still they're still interested yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, you, can't, you can't you can't talk for too long no i say to casey all the time i say i think the audience is our age i'm tired I go to bed at night there. <laughs> you do? Oh, man. But the night just begins it. at 930. Come on. Yeah, you're still living like a rock star. I, <laughs> I just don't know how you do it. All right. So the main segment of today's show and, and yes. why uh, why I have Paul on because he I knew he could do this with ease. All right. I came up with the idea and Casey can't do this. Casey missed, yeah. Casey missed this generation by like two years. And mm-hmm. even though it was a short uh, explosive uh, scene. If you missed it, you missed it all. So he mm-hmm. couldn't do any of this. But we're going to talk about the ten greatest hair metal bands you may have missed. 
So I asked Paul to come up with five names of bands. None of us can use Heaven's Edge, by the way, because I knew we'd all yeah. do that as number one. Uh, come up with five bands and just tell us a little about it. I'm going to add the song later in the production. So I'll just like a little clip of them. So who would like to go first? Should should you go first? Should we do rock, paper, scissors? I'm sure the audience would love <laughs> listening to us do that. Why don't you go first, Paul? Okay. Uh, but uh, but first, I got to say, when I, you know, it, I you told me to come up with five. I came up with like 15, you know, so <laughs> and, and, and and this is how this is how ridiculous I am. I categorize. So I'm like five that should not have been considered hair metal, you know, but somehow got lumped in there. And then I got five that are just total hair metal. And then I got five that are that are, um, you know, the people I think people know them, but they're just kind of underrated. So, like, wh- which way do you want to go with this? Ooh, that's good. Uh, what's your most general one? And then we'll circle back at the end and just read your list for the other. What's your okay. favorite one? We'll just go with your favorite list there. All right. I love the categorization. What, yeah. One one that's really special to me is a band called Electric Angels. And uh, this is one I think you even missed the boat on this one. Um, I remember we were in Bonnie's Rocks. I must have been with Joe. And... Um, and, you know, this was like the place where all like the, you know, the up and coming, you know, bands would either hang out or play or whatever. And um, and and Atlantic Records had just signed these guys and they did not belong at all. I mean, you know, of course, everybody had the hair and the leather and, the, you know, the you just the t- total like anything that you would think of like poison era kind of thing. Well, in walk these guys that look like they just came from like a like a seventies, like, like the, they looked like they were in Bowie's band, you know, and, and they had these like velvet jackets and, you know, just the, you know, just a total different look, but it was all four of the band uh, members and they were not playing that night. And they had their eight by tens, you know, with the Atlantic records logo on it. And they were, they were there to promote their show. I guess they had lived, you know, they're there in New York. And so they came down to New Jersey and they were just like, there's something special about them. And uh, I didn't know what it was, you know, and then I went and saw them and they were fantastic. What's interesting about this band is that the album was produced by Tony Visconti, who, if you know, uh, Bowie, like he produced all, like a lot of the Bowie stuff and he produced, um, all of the T-Rex stuff until, you know, and, and, um, he produced, gosh, so many great classic, wonderful albums and these guys got a chance with them. And then they, they used like the photographer that was like this well-known photographer that shot all the legends. Uh, everything was just top notch, you know, and Atlantic records, you know, uh, you can't get, get much better than that. And the singer was like this uh, enigmatic kind of guy named Shane. And he only went by the name Shane. <laughs> and um, and he was just very, you know, quiet, mysterious. And, and, you know, they put on a great show. And the guitar player, Ryan Rock, he was great. And the bass player, Jonathan Daniel, went on to write. I mean, he wrote all the songs. And they were just this kind of um, snarky you know, commentary about love and stuff like that. And they just didn't, they didn't belong, but that was what was kind of cool about them too. And so interestingly enough, you wanted some other facts about them. Uh, Ryan Roxy now plays guitar for Alice Cooper. And oh. um, yeah. And so I know which person is, that is now that you say it. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think he looks like Johnny Depp, but maybe Johnny Depp looks like him. <laughs> 
I don't know, but but because Ryan's always looked like this, and uh, and then uh, the bass player Jonathan Daniel went on to um, he is now a music manager in New York for Crush, and he manages oh gosh uh, Lana Del Rey, uh, Fall Out Boy, um, uh, who else? Uh, Courtney Love, just all the all these like really cool people, and um, and uh, and then you know the drummer now teacher in LA, uh, but the singer completely disappeared. And of course, if you ever try and find a guy just named Shane, very hard. <laughs> and this guy is not on social media. In fact, I thought he was dead, you know, and some people were asking, is he dead? And, you know, there's been no reply. So maybe he's dead. And I tracked him down. He is alive and well and living right in the middle of New York City. <laughs> How'd you find so, him? Nobody else could find him. Well, that that is an interesting thing. Uh, I, I did uh, I did track him down. It's just kind of going down the rabbit hole. It's it's what I do. I find people, you know, and I take them out of retirement. And my goal was to maybe to get that, get them back together. This is kind of funny. And I was going to make like a little documentary about you know trying to get them back together. With the goal being just this one, you know, just just one off show. And and they all agreed that. Uh, that it was probably a bad idea. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, but uh, but they all but I got a hold of them, all four of them and ended up putting Shane back in touch with uh, you know with Jonathan and they ended up reissuing their their uh, CD or their their album and then they had this lost album that that never came out and Shane put out a solo album and and so it's just been pretty cool to kind of you know, become friendly with a you know this this cool singer that just walked in and his stories. You got to have him on the show sometime. His show, his stories are incredible. So, um, so whole, and he used to uh, in in their video they had oh what's her name from Married with Children? Oh, oh yeah, it's um uh, Christina Applegate. Yes, and so. She was the girl in the video because he was dating her at the time. So they have all these like crazy <laughs> stories. And, and so, um, and so funny enough, at Critics Choice Awards this last year, not last year, the year before, uh, or whenever the last one was before, I guess the pandemic, um, I see Christina Applegate and I stopped her and I said, I got to see something to do that maybe no one else has said before. I loved you in the Electric Angels video. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we got in this conversation, and she's like, whatever happened? And so, you know, Shane was very happy to hear that, you know, he remember, she remembered and all that stuff. So it's cool. But that that is one that uh, – sorry, that was very long-winded. But that was one that, that was special to me and now is special just because, you know, Shane calls me all the time. So That's it's cool. kind of fun. <laughs> I remember them being around and I remember you liking them. There were certain bands mm -hmm. that you and, and notably Steve, our other friend, we, we got to get mm -hmm. him on something. Yeah. Um, like he liked more of the dock in white stick, the more yeah. serious stuff. Mm -hmm. You liked some of the sleazier stuff. Like you were into like the sleaze bees and things like that. <laughs> and I remember I was more into the party stuff, like poison yeah. and the high mm -hmm. guitar you know, stuff. But every mm -hmm. once in a while, I got into a faster pussycat or something like that. Yeah. But I, I, sometimes I would look at your, your guys' bands and go, nah, that's not a good one. <laughs> and I don't know why. <laughs> I, just, I have no good reason for that. All right. I'm going to give you my, uh, what? Huh? I was going to say, there's a lot of that back then. There's a, there's a whole lot of, uh, there's, there's no sort of good reason to run behind it, but there, that people would just choose something. They'd be like, yeah. that's my band. And ah. Uh, that that's no good. <laughs> like without even really knowing it, you know. You're totally and right. So, you know, and, and so uh, that that's another funny thing too. And that's also 
a trait that kids still have now. Be like, oh, you like that? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you're right. But you know, but good songs, you know, people will will find and they'll make their way back into your life at some point. We used to have that Metal Edge magazine, man. I yeah. I wouldn't miss a copy of that, and it was like People magazine, but all about hair metal, and it would be different profiles on different people, and and there would be people who are like, oh, I hate that band. I'm like. Why? Why do you hate a band? But I, I did. I hated a band. And I had no good reason for it. You know, uh, it's funny. out there. I know we got to get to the, the, the picks here, but, but um, Jerry Miller was the editor for that. Remember, she was that lady that just seems like kind of out of place almost, you know, and she, you would always see her in her little letter at the beginning. She would be photographed with like the coolest bands because, you know, all those great photo shoots that they had, you know, there she is hanging out mm-hmm. with the bands and talking about, oh, I went to their show or their hotel. I'm like, wow, that's what I want to do so bad, you know? And, um, you know, that and Headbangers Ball watching Ricky Rackman, you know, like do do his thing. And I'm like, see, he doesn't look like a TV guy. Maybe I could do it. So mm-hmm. funny thing is I was um, uh, the Las Vegas, <laughs> this, so the Las Vegas, had, surprisingly, uh, spends money on trying to get people to come to Vegas, even though you would think that, you know, there's not that kind of thing. So I went to a, a thing in Las Vegas and um, they part of the trip included this helicopter ride into the Grand Canyon, which was really cool in itself. But um, but who did I end up on the helicopter with and standing in the Grand Canyon with was Jerry Miller. So, really? yes. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, it was like seeing, you know, uh, like a big celebrity, you know, yeah. and she just like she was so dismissive of the time and just kind of like, oh, that's that was a long time ago. And, you know, that was that was silly. And all that. I was like, no, that was so cool. You know, and we kind of got to know each other. And then I started to see her around that some of these, you know, she was doing like TV writing. And unfortunately, she passed away. Um it's a couple of years ago, but uh, but it was cool to get to get to kind of know her and exchange emails and ask her questions about about that time, and then also to be able to uh, get to talk to Ricky Rackman as well, you know, and and, and have him tell me you were doing the exact right thing, <laughs> so it's kind of cool, yeah, full circle, yeah, yeah. I, I knew about the I knew you met Ricky Rackman, Jerry Miller. Yeah, mm-hmm. she became a little celebrity to us little hair metal kids. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. So there's a picture of me and her in the Grand Canyon doing this. So, yeah, <laughs> well, one of the bands that the band that I'm going to say here is a band that I found on, on metal edge because mm-hmm. really these bands only got a chance to survive if they were big enough to make it the mainstream every day afternoon MTV. But right. that heaven's edge, uh, heaven's edge, uh, that, that, uh, uh, headbangers ball was like mm-hmm. everything that was if you can make it on a headbangers ball you got a shot at the big leagues so mm-hmm. i would watch it religiously and 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 new bands would come on and i even remember as as it was starting to switch over to, to grunge like i remember allison chains was a new band in there I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay all right but one of the bands that i found was babylon ad And ah, yeah. do you remember them? Of course, yes. See, all right, so Babylon AD, I, I'm not going to do nearly as good a job as you did. Babylon AD, I pulled this right from Wikipedia, so we always say it could be true. Who knows? It might be fucking false. Babylon AD is an American hard rock band formed in 1987. Uh, they hail from the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, in 1989, Babylon AD caught the attention of Arista, Arista Records president and industry music mogul Clive Davis. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Like He was signed yes, to all of the games. He signed them. Is he still, still in? Really? 
He doesn't still do music, does he? They're working. Yes, uh, he, he's um, so he has the Clive Davis uh, party, which is the big party that you could possibly get into. Um, it's always the night before the Grammys. So Grammys is always on Sunday and he has the big party Saturday night at the Beverly Hilton, which is the same site of the Golden Globes. So, Very cool. and if wow. you, and if you get into that party, you will bump into all kinds of people that you, uh, in fact, that is where, um, right after that, that's where Whitney Houston died. So, oh my God. And, and I think he had discovered her if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, was so, it her or yeah, was crazy. it? Oh, we're talking about hair metal, not Whitney Houston. Jesus. Yes, sorry. We, uh, I digress. Hair metal, not Whitney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you know when I when I read this and Clive Davis discovered him, that makes me even more nuts because that guy mm. knew good music, but this band did oh, not yeah. take on. They had yeah. they take off. They had three hits. They had Bango the Bells, Hammer Swings Down. Uh, uh, the Kid Goes Wild was a song. It was on the RoboCop 2 soundtrack. I was like, this is going to be it for them. They're going to break. They're going to break. And they never did. But their music is so good. Amazing guitar players. Really good, well-structured songs. Incredible record. It's really well-produced. And they just mm. never really got caught on fire. I, I don't know yeah. why. It just happened. You know, it's, uh, you know, Ahmed Erdogan, uh, who's the Atlantic Records, uh, that guided the careers of, Ah, everybody from Ray Charles to like, you know, everybody that was on Atlantic Records. Uh, he's the one that, that was guiding, um, Shane from Electric Angels afterwards and was like, ah, don't worry about that. You're gonna, you're gonna do this great album for us and da, da, da. And it just never happened. You know, and so these things, they just happen. Sometimes they're well intentioned. Sometimes you have the best people behind them and it just doesn't go anywhere. Same thing in movies or yeah. probably anything in business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, you and me were in a band that flirted with a record deal. It's like, you know, they, yeah. they, they really, they're really signing bands, but they expect every penny back. And if they don't, if you don't mm-hmm. fucking make it huge, you got to pay it back. And yeah, that's why there's a lot of bands out there that you never heard of. They just, they didn't have the push behind them and they were, they were soft risks for these record companies. Oh, anyway, yeah. I don't want to run out of time here. I, I want to get to all yes. of your yeah, stuff. Go ahead. I like that you brought extra stuff. All right. Who's next on your list? Um, there, there's another band that I really liked, uh, that really also went nowhere, um, was Black Eyed Susan. And so, <laughs> I see? we went to see them at Bonnie's or one of those places. That's true. So, um, right about the time that Black Crows, uh, hit, um, you know, the, the, the hair started coming down, I think a little bit, you know, this is pre Nirvana, but you know, it was like, there's. You know, kind of telling things were, were changing a little bit, but Black Rose is just this good timey rock and roll, you know, whatever. And, uh, Black Eyed Susan really just fell on that. So it was Dean Davidson, who was the singer of Britney Fox. And, uh, and he put together this, this group, which was, um, you know, a couple of, uh, people that are, that were, I guess, well known in the Philadelphia or Jersey area. So the keyboard player was um, was the keyboard player for Cinderella, and he was known as their secret weapon, you know. And so they're, but you know, they're trying to do this like cool, you know, um, bluesy rock and roll kind of thing. And the album is really, really good. And um, 
you know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one that I could still hear and I still, I still like the songs, you know, I'll have to check. And, that um, you, and let that, me jump yeah. in on that because I remember that band was, was that bluesy band. And I remember thinking they're never going to work. They don't understand mm-hmm. what the scene is. How yeah. dumb was I? <laughs> because the, when you listen to like guns and roses, they're that kind of Aerosmith inspired blues rock. But yeah. Sometimes they're that like Hanoi rocks, you know, kind of other mm. sleazy style of music. But the bands back in those days, they did have certain similarities to other genres. Mm-hmm. Bluesy used to make me nuts. I hated Cinderella because they were trying to be bluesy. And you guys were always like, yeah, these are the good bands. I'm like, I don't like bluesy. Now, yeah. I can't wait to go listen to Black Eyed <laughs> Susan and, and, and just go and see what I was too stupid to fucking hear in the past. Yeah, the interesting part, speaking of the Black Crows, is that after the first album... Uh, they ended up getting the the guitar player from Black Crows, Jeff Seats. That's right. Um, I remember yeah, that. And, and he came and played the cell block with them, you know, which which was which was wild, you know. And that was another step towards like, wow, you know, we're you know we're running across all these like amazing people. Wow. Uh, yeah. Boy, that that you're bringing back memories. <laughs> and what was so cool plenty. about yeah you. you <laughs> We're going to do that game one day. We'll, we'll see who remembers what. Um, but the, I mean, the greatest thing about being a kid in that scene, mm-hmm. like bands really were able to, you, you got access to the bands. And, and we became so interested in having access to bands that even bands that weren't signed, even like mm-hmm. local bands that sounded like good heavy metal, you know, hair metal. We were all about that too. Like we mm-hmm. were, we were taking it all. You can't do that now. I mean, no. do you think there'll ever be a, a town music scene again where it, you know, just, just creates just all these stars. Like I think everything's just too mixed up in genres and uh, just a different day that I don't think will come back. Yeah. And you know, that was part of the thing back then is like, you would go early and check out the opening bands and you know, why not? Hey, you just grab your friends and you just go. And, but that's the thing. We, we were not distracted by our, see our phones were, we're now all of us, you know, we're, we're, it's like the best option wins and yeah. that could change at a moment's notice. You know, we could be at one place watching this band and be like, Oh, let's go, let's go see this other thing, you know? And me being me, I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, but there you just kind of went and you parked and you just watched what you watched. And, and I would never do that now. I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think I can imagine myself going to see a brand new signed band and then four, you know, totally, unknown bands and just standing there all night and, you know, not even having a drink and just standing there and just like, you know, taking it all in. But, you know, that was part of the magic of that time too. And plus there were so many bands that were actually pretty good and had a lot of talent and, you know, maybe had a chance at at some point. So it was kind of cool. And and now I really don't feel like there's not even as many bands to have that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I hate to be nostalgic and all sappy about it, but (laughs) who was this? special fucking time it was a special time it was uh all right my next one all right dangerous toys i put on the list yes Mm -hmm. like to me and you that's a you know that's not a a rare band but i don't think a lot of people know that band Mm -hmm. so here's dangerous toys so it was like that they were a little bit sleazy but in that fun way in that like sexy way so i like all dirty stuff so i was like i like this band i got a song called sport and a woody i'm like well i'm gonna (laughs) listen to this band uh, but and they were still somehow like southern rock crispy, like they were very mm-hmm. sharp. They weren't yeah. like a lot of the bands were back then when it was like super compressed and layered and very rich and like 
I remember listening to some old like white steak stuff, and it just sounds like they just layered it so thickly. Thickly. I don't even know if thickly is a word, but they that's what they did. I liked the stuff that was a lot crispier. Like when Poison mm. played their guitar, you heard one guitar playing. Right? So this band was really crisp, great riffs, you know? I, I remember we even met the uh, the band. We stood out somewhere. Yeah. And we met the band, and I remember the guitar player gave me one of these little jazz picks, and he's like, oh, I use this. And I'm like, that blows my mind. A heavy metal <laughs> guitar player plays these jazz. And he was a cool player. Like, yeah. Yeah, they weren't your your everyday type of band. They were fun. They, they hung around for a while, but for, for us, you're, they're southern. They're from Austin, I think. They're from, they I know they're mm-hmm. from te- Texas. So like for, for me, I only knew them for an album or two. And then mm-hmm. I know they're still active, but I don't, I don't hear from them. Anymore. Made new music in forever, but they, you know, just like a lot of these bands, they'll get, you know, an offer to jump on these, these shows and they'll just every once in a while, Hey, dangerous toys is playing. Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool. And I it's still, I think like maybe I want to say it's still like four, four out of five of them, maybe, you know, so it's kind of cool to, to do all that because there's so many of these bands now it's only like one original member or in the case of choir riot no original members you know so is that true that is true yeah they they did get rudy sarzo back in the band but he wasn't even like an original member so you know it's uh but you know frankie benali the drummer was the last last man standing in the band and uh then when he died they actually replaced him and uh and so now there's the, the 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 whole band's touring around you know with with uh, <laughs> with with no one that that played on, come on, feel the noise or any of that. So that's embarrassing. Wild. At this point, it's now a cover band. They use the original band's name. I mean, that's that's terrible. Well, you know, I mean, there's also Foreigner. You know, to take it out of hair metal. You know, they they do the same thing. They have uh, um, the the guitar player Mick Jones is uh the last like original guy, but he had some kind of issue, medical issue or something, and so he sometimes tours with them, usually tours with them, but will only play a few songs. So there's a good point in the night, a good chunk of the night where there are no original members on stage, (laughs) which is really bizarre considering the singer is still alive and well. (laughs) Oh my God. That's bizarre as hell. Yeah. That's crazy. But what's interesting, here's, here's to tie that back into hair metal. The singer of hurricane now sings for foreigner. So how do you like that? Really? Ah, oh, the, that's a and, band that could made my list. That's right. And the bass player uh, is from Dokken. So there you go. Warner wow. became a little bit more hair metal. <laughs> wow. Wow. All See, right. all this useless knowledge just stuck you're, in my head. You're remarkable. You're remarkable. <laughs> it's getting late. I'm going to have to turn the lights on here. Holy shit. Uh-oh. We got to keep it moving. Who's your next yes. one? All right. Uh now I, I don't know if this if this falls under uh, if it's too it falls under the underrated or whatever, but uh, L.A. Guns. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do not still do not know them, but but they are actually still around and still making music. In fact, there's two different versions of them going around, which is really bizarre. But uh, but the but L.A. Guns was like one of those ones. They were 
So almost. In fact, they went over the almost and they had a big hit. They even had a gold record. You know, they had Ballad of Jane. But if you were to ask people on the street, you know, you remember Ellie Guns? Uh, probably means about as much to them as Dangerous Toys, which yeah. is strange to me, you know, but uh, but within the sort of hair metal community or hair metal fans, they are beloved. And, yeah. um, and uh, the, you know, Tracy Guns, the guitar player, is just an absolute animal on the guitar, and he's so good. And... Um, and he just plays the songs just with the greatest of ease, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, seeing them open for ACDC and, uh, and meeting them, you know, was just such a, such a thrill back in the day. But, um, but yeah, they never, uh, and, you know, he's the guy, I don't know if you realize this, but Guns N' Roses was Tracy Guns and Axl Rose, yeah. you know, and that was the thing. So, I mean, this, if you want to talk about almost, but also still, you know, <laughs> Still really cool. Um, they're out there. In fact, they're going to be uh, in town uh, next week. So uh, so still the singer, Phil Lewis, and Tracy Guns are still in the band. And uh, they're putting out some music that is actually really good. You know, mm. probably one of the only bands from that time that's still putting out new albums that are actually like, oh, this is really cool. So um, we'll check good for them. Out. Yeah. How about it? See, I didn't right, think of them on that list because that Battle to Jane was a big yeah. song, but you made a good song. point. This it, one song in in a sea of a million big hits because <laughs> it mm-hmm. seemed like there was a new hit song every week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so you know when they have the big tours like the you know the the stadium tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard and all that, the L.A. Guns is not is not on there, and they probably should be. So. Yeah, yeah, they, I loved them. Mm-hmm. Damn, I could have put them on my list. All right, my mm-hmm. next one I have is Infectious Grooves. And mm, I think yeah. of all of us on a, in, in our group, you guys didn't like it nearly as much as I did. Like, I think this was <laughs> the one that I couldn't sell to you guys. Yeah. So for well, some reason, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, it's the singer of Suicidal Tendencies who, you know, we, you know who was, was kind of more acceptable in, in what we do, Mike Muir. But he, um, you know, and the bass player was Robert Trujillo, who now plays for Metallica. Yeah, um, so. Dude, he's sick, too. Like, oh, it's incredible. They put out, I don't know who produced the, I'm blanking on it, but Suicidal Tendencies was a band that always scared me as a kid. I was like, oh, yeah. And then we put out an album, it was around like 89, and it was very much an accessible album for me. Like, it yeah. sounded like hair metal. Mm-hmm. And then I heard that bass player in there, what he talked about. When I heard that they did this infectious grooves, the only reason I found out about them is because they had a track with Ozzy Osbourne. I was in yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. I was very in Ozzy Therapy. There, yeah. Therapy! <laughs> that was all he had to do. Therapy! What a job, Ozzy. What a job. So, like, I'm listening to this this album because, you know, I'm getting played very often, so I had to go and grab all the cash I could find from the, the, mm-hmm. the couch cushions. <laughs> Remember where we used to go? We used to go to Best Buy. Best oh, Buy yeah. was brand new, and for some reason, they sold CDs and cassettes cheaper than anybody else. So mm-hmm. we, you and me would go to Best Buy all the time. So I went to Best Buy, and I bought this album, and the bass playing on there. Mm-hmm. I was like, who is this? I had never, because you know, I grew up playing guitar mm-hmm. with just what I heard in hair metal. So that yeah. bass player who's with Metallica, and every time I see him, I go, somebody give this guy a bass solo. He's so phenomenal. And, and the band immediately i loved funk metal and i loved ripping guitar solos mm-hmm. it was just it was great and, and there were bands like extreme and, and bang tango and other things that were supposed to be funk metal and i was like no this is funk metal 
Yeah. Do you even remember? Here's a story I remember. We went to New York, you and me, and we went to um, one of the music stores that probably, you know, ain't around anymore, but it was an underground something. We walk in, and I'm this little nerd, and I walk up to the guy behind the counter, and I go, I love funk metal, right? Because I was an extreme fan. Mm-hmm. He goes, like what? I said, extreme. He goes, you fucking asshole. You idiot. <laughs> Never say that word in this store. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to buy? Yeah. And, and he gave me the Limbo Maniacs. Remember uh, that? Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I was so excited. probably in the band. <laughs> he probably was in the fucking band. I was so excited to have it. I popped the tape into the, the, the thing on the way home. Your, your dad drove us home from New York. And I remember listening to that. I fucking hate this. I hate it. I was not ready for it. And I put the damn CD away for like four years. I still think it's one of the best CDs I, I had mm. in my youth. But I remember like, you know, just funk metal was a thing. We talked oh, about yeah. the genres that were kind of a thing. There was like yeah. sleaze rock. There was a little bit of yeah. funk. Later on, there was a little country. Like Bon Jovi had that uh, Young Guns 2 song. Remember yep. that? Yeah, yep, Blaze of Glory. Like regular hair metal is fine for me. Yeah. Texas Groove, they were good. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. All right, you're up. Okay, well, uh, th- I mean, th- th- this next one, because I have, like I said, I have several of these. Uh, this next one, I was like, you know what? They are underrated, if you're to put underrated on everything. But Twisted Sister, you know? Um, mm. Also, Widowmaker, you know? So maybe I'll put that together, because most people haven't heard of Widowmaker. So that'll be like the bonus one. But both were fronted by D. Snyder. And these guys, um, they played so many shows in like that New Jersey, New York area. And just like, just got booed all the time. They wore like, you know, what we consider girls clothes and, you know, makeup and all that stuff. And they fought the hard fight, you know, <laughs> and they finally broke through on MTV and became really popular on there. Uh, and, and the, and gosh, they, they, you know, the, there's a thing, the PMRC, the Parents Music Resource Center, I think, was it? Um, was, uh, was Tipper Gore, Al Gore's wife, you know, started this thing. And um, along with Frank Zappa um, and John Denver, Dee Snyder went into Congress dressed in full Twisted Sister gear and and went and read out, you know, this this amazing, brilliant statement, you know, about, um, you know, about, you know, everything that they said was wrong. And he was such a hero and did really so much for for metal and hair metal. And I think people kind of forget that. And also on top of that, they, they just like, it's, you know, you hear, uh, we're not going to take it or I want to rock, you know, but like, I, I don't know that, you know, again, you start pulling people on the streets, like Twisted Sisters should absolutely be on like that stadium tour, but they're just not really in the conversation for whatever reason, you know? That's a really good point. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Yeah, Twisted Sister was always there, but they weren't cool in the, in the, yeah. Yeah. And like that, that later hair metal period. What yeah. a ripoff for them. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Right. Because then D. Snyder had to go and do a new band to, to be relevant in this scene. Yeah. And so then he went and did Widowmaker, which was fantastic. That first album was just incredible. He even had the drummer for Twisted Sister. But the guitar player was Al Petrelli, who is now the band leader of Trans Siberian Orchestra, who now oh. plays stadiums. So, oh, I didn't so, know that. Oh, he's a he went, great shredder. 
He's amazing. And he, he lives right near you in the Poconos. So Get out of here. Go. Yeah. So you got to go hang out with him. I would love to. Yeah. I'll have to connect his address when they do the promotional rounds for, for Trans-Siberian. You got to talk to him. He's, he's got great stories and just a total... Wow. Just to just Philly kind of, you know, Jersey kind of guy, you know, you, you'll love him. Yeah. Oh, that's see, I'm going to have to find that album too. That was such a good album. Mm-hmm. Maker. Yeah. We went and that was, it's a very album. hard. Yes. And that's a very hard one to find too. Oh, really? So, it's not on Spotify. I don't know that it is. So you might have to go to YouTube for that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's on YouTube. <laughs> Man, there's some weird Everything. shit. <laughs> oh my God. Like like things I'm like they'll never have trouble tribe and and they had the old trouble tribe I was like you gotta be kidding yeah. on YouTube somebody leaked it on YouTube <laughs> yeah yeah uh, my number four is scatterbrain ah scatterbrain boogery scamboogery yeah. <laughs> another band that couldn't really be friends with the rest of the hair metal bands like they just no. couldn't get on tours with other guys we actually went to see him at uh Bonnie's Rocks and Ugly Kid Joe who was an absolute unknown. Yeah. Uh, opened up for him, but Scatterbrain. So Scatterbrain was an American electric thrash metal band. I wouldn't ever call it thrash metal. Founded in mm-hmm. 1989, uh, after the, uh, in, in Long Island, uh, I care about some of this stuff. The band performed distinctive live shows in which they would incorporate a Mozart medley mixed with motorhead cross dressing and giant chickens. You know, so I was like, <laughs> I'm into this. And I, they were, they had the hit on Headbangers Ball, like how I discovered everything. So they had the, uh, the song Don't Call Me Dude. Here's my story, sad but true, about a girl that I once knew. She broke my heart, I became unglued. It all started when she called me, dude. Yeah. And it was just like a skit song. And it was stupid. But I loved it. I had so much fun with it. So I got into the Scatterbrain album. And I loved the fuck out of Scatterbrain. Because they didn't sound like any other hair metal band. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, Primus kind of came out doing hair metal. Primus didn't yeah. fit either. Oh, I should have thought of Primus as, as the hair metal band you don't think of. Because they <laughs> tried with that Tommy the Cat phase. But yeah, they, they didn't fit in at all. But Scatterbrain was oh, another wow. one. They were super, super good. Very mm-hmm. adept musicians. And... Almost nobody knows them. Yeah, Crazy that's me. true. Yeah. All right. So my last one is one that I actually was not into as a kid, uh, but I've I've found them more recently or, you know, later years. And that is Junkyard. Which are really sort of southern blues rock kind of thing, but they were from Hollywood. They're the Sunset Strip, so they had an element of that. And the guitar player actually uh, went on to, he's in Bad Religion right now. You know? so, uh, yeah. Two so, bands that do not seem like they have anything in common. 
Not at all. But they're also junkyards, you know, another one that's like beloved amongst the people that know them. You know, they collect their vinyl and, you know, they're, they're you know, an important band. They, you know, they got the, the piano and the, like it's it's actually worth listening to now, you know, to go back and be like, wow, that was good. You know, yeah. and there's, yeah, yeah. you know, there's there's so many like honorable missions in there, you know, that that are that, are, you know, were, were fun that did cool things that are, you know, but but those I think were the ones that are kind of like the, you know, if someone's listening to be like, wow, what should I go back and listen to? What did I miss? Hopefully yeah. those are those are ones that, you know, Electric Angels and Black Eyed Susan and all that. Like, go back and, you know, check them out. See what you think. See, yeah, they, see if they still stand up. Oh, yeah, I've definitely done it because I want to see if they stand up, too, because they they were good rocking. You know, I said mm-hmm. earlier, I like the bluesy stuff. Whenever somebody puts on a fucking cowboy hat and, and a harmonica, like, I'm out. But they were southern rock. They were. Yeah. Like, remember Rhino Bucket? Remember, there were a yep. couple bands that were, like, really Am I, is that the right one? But there was like these these, these southern rock hair metal bands. Mm-hmm. Jackal. Mm-hmm. Eh, wasn't yep. someone the Jackal. But yeah, man, Junkyard was a good band. Nice yeah. match. And, I forgot and, about them. And still are. Yeah, you can catch them uh catch them on tour and they sound great. Yeah. So they're they're one of the ones that can still actually do what they do. So good for them. Oh, see, that's what kills me. Because they were at least ten years older than us when we were Fans of them? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't get on those stages. I'm too fucking old and tired. They're still <laughs> doing it. Pissing me off. All right. So my last band is, yes. uh, is this one? Maybe I, maybe I was wrong and people do know this band. Bullet Boys. Yes. Mark Torian. Yeah. Mark Torian. Well, I just thought this band was absolutely amazing, right? First Mm -hmm. off, they got a song called Hard as a Rock. So I'm like, yeah, my little pervy, little rebellious Mm -hmm. kid self was like, I love this band. Uh, Smooth Opinion, which everybody thought was Smooth Opinion. Smooth Opinion. And then Love of Money. And the guitar player, uh, just he never went anywhere. He did this. Maybe he did the second album. I can't remember, but. He just did this album and, and that's it. And then he was out of the band and, and it was such a good rocking band. And Mark Torian, as I know it, right, he was a just another guy that would kick around. Maybe it was L.A. He would just kick around the hair yeah. metal scene, trying to get in every single band and, and hoping that something would take off for him. Um, I think he was in Rat before Rat got signed, yeah. right, if I got that right. And then he, yeah. he started this one and he's mm-hmm. the singer and he's a guitar player. I don't know if he even plays guitar, in it, but his voice is fucking amazing. Yeah, so he actually does play guitar and he plays all the parts incredibly, you know, and so they're, you know, that was another band that just went down to him being the only original member, but, you know, also being as as good of a guitar player as he was and and being, you know, still having a great voice uh, and, you know, being part of that time. It still sounded like Bullet Boys because, you know, it was them. Uh, The guitar player you're talking about is Mick Sweeta. And okay. and they actually uh, and then they had the album called Freak Show and you know they had cool songs on there like THC Groove and stuff like yeah, that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but recently, in fact, uh, I guess maybe this last year or last year and a half, um, they uh, well, uh, I guess a few years ago, um, uh, you know, Mark's like a likable guy. You know, they had Ted Templeman who produced Van Halen. You know, produced their album. You know, oh, and so like they that. they had that that big tie to it. But, um, you know, they got lumped into the hair metal and a lot of those guys don't keep up with it. But somehow 
uh, Mark ended up recording a song in Foo Fighters studio and, you know, became friends with those guys and all that stuff. And so they were on a trajectory to kind of, you know, maybe do something, something cool now. And then they go back and, and, and go for the big reunion and all four of them get back together, which, you know, people didn't think was going to happen. And then they had this big explosive tour, something bad happened. And now, all the other three are out of the band and he's back to having a, a completely different band, but they're still around too. Oh my God. What a story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm full of them. What do you need? Oh man. Yeah. And now we, we've hit our hour mark. So there you go. We have, but I still want to hear, uh, I'm ready all for right. the, this, the absolute, just hit me with the names. Hit me with some names. I'll do it too. I'll, I'll start to try to all think right. of some names that didn't make this list. Okay. All right. Oh, gosh. Uh, so uh, underrated or just like ones you may not know about? Let's do, uh, yeah, because we could, re- you could go, you could take us to another, to, to 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah, let's do other underrated ones that people should know and remember. Okay. Uh, let's see. Child's Play. Uh, they are from Baltimore and they had just such great energy. And they were also the first ones that we saw at Bonnie's Rocks. And, uh, and they were just, uh, they, they were just tons of energy and the drummer, I think, uh, is still in, uh, some band you probably heard of that's touring around right now that I can't think of. So, uh, but you know, they're, they, you know, uh, the singer sadly died, but, uh, they, uh, are just kind of Baltimore legendary Baltimore band that, that never quite happened, but you know, they were, they were good. Yeah. How about Pretty Boy Floyd? I heard them yes. on, uh, on the Peacemaker soundtrack. I was like, oh my God, I remember them. They could have made this list. Yeah. That's another one that has one original member left, the singer, you know, and, but they're still going. They're still doing yeah. it. So good for them. Uh, Spread Eagle. This is a yeah, band. You loved Spread yeah. Eagle. And I, I tried so hard to love them because I even knew Eddie Van Halen loved them. Yeah. Well, it's it. weird to say I had such an incredible guitar player. I believe Paul uh, DiBartello is his name. And now he goes by this, uh, gosh, he's like a yogi. And you'll find his videos on, on YouTube. I don't think he plays uh, music anymore, but uh, really interesting stuff. But uh, but he was just such an incredible talent. Um, and that's a band that's still uh, together, I guess, minus minus him. And I guess I think a different drummer. But uh, but yeah, they're 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 still going. Yeah, but there's something kind of they they fell into that kind of like sleazy, dangerous New York City. You know, uh, the the singer looked like he might fight you. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you know they they but they were you know they were uh, I don't know uh, you know some some of these things you look back now and you're just like oof I don't know about that then but like it's still it was tough it was like like kind of like Guns N' Roses appetite for destruction kind of toughly just kind of came out and just hammered it. And I don't know. I, I always thought they were, they were kind of cool. And some of it, some of it still does hold up. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just now thinking about your tape collection. You had, you had tough, <laughs> you had love. Hate. I, had, was- I had everything. I had everything. Oh yeah. Love hate. That was one uh, that was kind of on the list of like, well, maybe uh, they just, you know, remember the singer um, had that crazy promotional stunt, uh, which ties into your story recently. Uh, it's the reason you can't walk up in the Hollywood Hills by the Hollywood sign because he tied himself, he crucified himself on the Hollywood sign when the uh, when the um, album first album came out, and they had news cameras flying around. And after that, they 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 fenced it off. You can't you can't touch the Hollywood sign anymore because of him. Dude. No fucking lie. I was just in LA and I was just yeah. trying to figure out how to get up there. 
Yep. And I was like, the only way I can see to get up there is to walk up this deserty trail with rattlesnakes. I was like, yep. I, just, I know people have been up there. I didn't know it was him. And I didn't know he yep. was the reason I can't get up there now. I wanted to see what kind of graffiti was on the back. How about yeah. that? Well, he wow. sings for uh, Quiet Riot now, so you can go give him a hard time when they come around. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make him give me a helicopter ride and take me up there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Who else you got? Oh shit! Uh, 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 Bang Tango. I mentioned them earlier. Tora yeah. Tora, Saigon Kick. I'm remembering from your drawer. Hurricane Alice, Hurricane Kick Tracy. Uh, who else did did you have? Sick Vicky. I didn't know what a sick Vicky was. Uh, White Lion. How about that? White Vito Lion. Brada, incredible yeah. guitar Great player. Guitar player. Great guitar and player. That's one that put down his guitar many many years ago and never picked it back up. He's like um, super special. Like he, I, mm-hmm. he should still be playing. People shouldn't mm-hmm. hear what he's doing today. He was a great guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. You know, and then of course there's like Mr. Big, they had a big hit, but like, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people still, you know, would not know them, but like Paul Gilbert, monster guitar player, you know, mm-hmm. and Billy Sheehan, incredible bass player, you know, and in a way, you know, we forget, but Def Leppard, we were talking about earlier about bands that were like, yeah. you know, really, Def Leppard was in there for a minute, but people don't think oh, of them yeah. as hair metal. Same Bon Jovi, like people forgot they were hair metal. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, you know, and even, and even Whitesnake, you know, I mean, they, they had the singer of Deep Purple and they were kind of, Whitesnake started out as like this very like, I don't know, Deep Purple-ish kind of, you know, like 70s rock kind of thing. They were like classic yeah. rock and then they totally you know, revamped it for the hair metal days. And, you know, that's kind of where it ended up. And, you know, even, you know, now looking back, some people look at Warrant and they go, man, Janie Lane was a good songwriter. He had so many songs that were not hits that were just actually good songs, you know? So that's been, you know, interesting to revisit. And of course, Cinderella, you know, Tom Kiefer is, you know, kind of stuck around. And, and another one that was unfairly uh, placed was Tesla. You know, they were not really mm. hair metal, you know, and they, but they got thrown into all that. And, sure did. You know, yeah, they did. And so, so those are, those are the ones I kind of think about and think, you know, like, and, and extreme, you know, they had some amazing songs, you know, and towards like the third or fourth album, like they were, they were doing it, you know, yeah. and, uh, and those songs still are really good. So, yeah, you there's know, there's a lot of people that just think that extreme is more than words. And I'm like, no, like they're one oh. of the shreddier <laughs> guitar bands out there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And they just played their first show, I think last night and uh, like three years. And they said that they have a new album coming, which I'm really curious to hear. Like if they can, if they can still, uh, still do it for us. But Nuno yeah. is one of the, one of the greats of the time. They put out a live album not too long ago and then a new album before that. And I thought it was great. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're a great band. I'll say there's a couple bands that, and they were one of them that you do. It was like, these guys are a little bit more special than the others. Yeah. Like you, you got to stick with them, but there weren't too many. Mm-hmm. There, there really weren't too many. And some ran out of gas before they had a chance to really show us what they had. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Some of them did. Some of them are still around. So it's interesting to see like where people have ended up now, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, it's been fun and it, and it's great to revisit the stuff too. Cause you know, they'll probably think about these songs and go back and listen to it. And I hope people that are watching will, you know, maybe go like Google or YouTube, some of these, some of these bands and, and find them again, or who knows, maybe even some of these guys from the bands will see this and go, Oh, cool. Thanks. You know, <laughs> it might, you know, it's, it's nice to be nice to be remembered. Nice to know that. Cause you know, a lot of these guys, you know, probably go a lot of time without, without hearing, you know, how much they were admired and, yeah. you know, 
it's it's nice to know that they made impression on impressionable minds. Absolutely, yeah, guys from Trickster, come on, give us a shout out. I, you know, we're talking about you. That's right, Steve Stevens, Atomic Playboys, all of you. <laughs> give us a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta love it. Yeah. Oh, and Shane from Electric Angels was supposed to sing for uh, Steve Stevens, and Steve Stevens actually flew him. And there's a whole crazy story. You're gonna have to ask him about that one. Oh my God, so, you you so, are there's so many tie-ins. Yeah, we're gonna have to come up with a game. The seven, what's that? Kevin Bacon <laughs> seven. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. Have, you're gonna be able to pull it off for the hair metal uh, version. Oh gosh, yeah. It's it's it's. I don't know if it's great or terrible, but you know. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> All right. Well, this was real fun, dude. Thanks so much for doing yes. it. Um, we're going to run through some. Uh, this is the part that Casey does that I really don't know how to do. All, All right. right. So, everybody, these are the plugs. Hey, check out some other great shows that we have on the the Den, the Deluxe Edition Network. There's a lot of really – we started a podcast network, Paul. And, like, yeah, Casey's running this thing. He's got some great podcasts on there. It's pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, you can support our show by going to patreon.com slash deluxe edition pod. You can follow us on Twitter while it's still around. I don't know what Elon Musk is going to do with it. We This is a shit show of, of crazy proportions. But while Twitter is there, you can find us on deluxe edition pod. Uh, Casey forgot to put two E's on there. Deluxe edition. So he just borrowed yeah. the same E. And I said, oh, my God, nobody's going to remember that. He goes, but I ran out of characters. I was like, I guess I would have done the same. You can buy some shit from us at whatamaneuver.net. Uh-huh. All right, you can go to wattedmaneuver.net. You can search for Deluxe Edition or go to Slash Collections. I don't know. Okay, you get it. And then if you just if you just didn't listen to any of that and, and you, you walk away with one thing, it's our webpage, deluxeedition.show. You can always go there and you can check out everything we're doing. Um, still very much appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and helping us you know, spread the word. This is, oh, I'm telling you, it's like we're, we're, we're cruising with a pretty decent audience of, of, of really fun people. But it's like breaking through in this uh, podcast world. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Jason Bateman, who just started his own show, like if you don't already have a head start, it's really hard to break in. So we require, we require this. We gave you this free fucking hysterical content. We require you tell one person. Yeah, that's fair enough, right? That's what I think for a free fucking show that's so funny. Why are you laughing, Paul? Why are you laughing at that joke? That wasn't even a joke. Why are you laughing at that statement? I'm funny looking. I don't know what you mean. I don't know if I'm that funny. All right, before you go, tell us yes. where people can find you as well. Ah, yes. Uh, you can find me. All of my socials are now under Paul Southman, which is my name, S-A-L-F-E-N. And uh, I've got a book coming out called Going For It, where I interviewed a whole bunch of celebrities about their advice, their wisdom, and the crazy stories they did to make it. Did they sleep in a car? Did they borrow money? Did they do whatever they did? Did they pretend to be a catering person? It makes us not feel so bad about the crazy things that we've done because they've done so much crazier things and so here we are it's going to come out i hope everyone's going to love it or at least you know feel like not such an alien in the world if you're a young aspiring artist i love it i love it we actually so uh, lifting the curtain a little last year paul and i did a show when casey was yeah. on vacation and, and you were at the beach and the reception was so bad that we couldn't air the show but yeah man like we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of paul's stories we haven't even begun we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Till next time.